Let us pray. God, amidst much confusion and signs leading away from you, we seek your truth. Open our hearts to the wonders of your work and the wisdom of your word. Amen. Our first reading comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill my gracious promise with the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous branch from David's line, who will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is what he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Our second reading comes from the book of Psalms with Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. This is a psalm attributed to David. I offer my life to you, Lord. My God, I trust you. Please don't let me be put to shame. Don't let my enemies rejoice over me. For what matters, don't let anyone who hopes in you be put to shame. Instead, let those who are treacherous without excuse be put to shame. Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach me. Teach it to me. Because you are the God who saves me. I put my hope in you all day long. Lord, remember your compassion and faithful love. They are forever. But don't remember the sins of my youth or my wrongdoing. Remember me only according to your faithful love for the sake of your goodness, Lord. The Lord is good and does the right thing. The Lord teaches sinners which way they should go. God guides the weak to justice, teaching them God's way. All the Lord's paths are loving and faithful for those who keep God's commandments and laws. And our sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. This is Jesus speaking. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth there will be dismay among nations and their confusion over the roaring of the sea and surging waves. The planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken, causing people to faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. Then they will see the human one coming on a cloud with power and great splendor. Now when these things begin to happen, stand up straight. Raise your heads because your redemption is near. Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you will know God's kingdom is near. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until everything has happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. Take care of your hearts, aren't dulled by drinking parties, drunkenness, and the anxieties of day-to-day life. Don't let that day fall upon you unexpectedly, like a trap. It will come upon everyone who lives on the face of the whole earth. Stay alert at all times, praying that you are strong enough to escape everything that is about to happen and to stand before the human one. 
the word of God for the people of God. So last Sunday we ended year B of the lectionary. The lectionary is three years of readings, and we started year C. That's quite the reading to start with as we think about Advent and look forward to Christmas. I don't know if it really puts you in the mood for Christmas in hearing Jesus talk here. Jesus is talking about end times. Not usually a topic that gets a lot of people excited. This is one of those passages that, to the modern reader, is completely foreign to us. This is one of those passages that, if we don't try to grasp the context that this came in, we will have no hope in even beginning to understand what this says to us. You see, there are some themes throughout the Bible, some overarching themes that are weaved throughout all of Scripture. And one of those themes is the promise of relief from oppression and suffering. You see, oppression and suffering are prevalent throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament. The people that received Moses' commandments on Mount Sinai were people that experienced tremendous oppression. As time went on for the people of Israel, over and over again they were conquered, sent into exile, and oppressed by others. And in fact, they only spent a few hundred years governing themselves. The latest oppressors were the Romans. The Romans had come in, taken over the Holy Land, and they were living under oppression again. Although this time not in exile, they didn't have to leave, but living with pagans among them. They were desperate for this to be different. They were desperate to have their land back. They were desperate to be able to be free to worship and to govern themselves again. So when John the Baptist shows up, when the people start getting excited, start feeling this anticipation of events happening, events that were promised long ago by prophets... It built over time. And they thought, surely this is it. This is what was promised to us. God is going to send the anointed one, the one in David's line, who would come and reclaim that throne once and for all. Who would reclaim the throne of David, who would raise up an army that could not be defeated, and who would kick out the Romans for good. That's what they were expecting. So when Jesus is talking about the end times, when Jesus is using this terminology that the Jewish people would be so familiar with, this imagery of one coming in on the clouds, a human one, coming in with power and authority, evoking the writings of Daniel, it would have just fed into their anticipation. Surely this was it.
Jesus seemed to feed into that anticipation while at the same time trying to challenge what exactly they thought was going to happen. But the people didn't hear that part. They didn't hear the parts that challenged what they thought was coming. They didn't hear the times when Jesus corrected them and tried to share what exactly God was doing. They sat in their anticipation of what they thought was to come. One of the problems with a passage like this is, you know, what do we really do with this? How does it speak to us as modern people? Clearly everything Jesus said didn't take place in the generation that heard it. Or did it? If we are to be like the people who heard Jesus and anticipate one thing, maybe we missed what really happened. You see, the people that day missed what was really taking place. When Jesus was talking about all of this stuff happening before that generation passes away, it wasn't the restoration of David's earthly throne. It wasn't the removal of the Romans. It was Jesus' work of redemption. That's what Jesus was talking about completing. Ultimately, that is completed through the cross and the resurrection. The redemption of all people back to God. The restoration of our relationship to God. The removal of the barrier of sin and death between us and God. You see, that's the work that Jesus came to accomplish. Far bigger than one earthly kingdom and one earthly throne. But there are some things in here that I think are valuable to us as we anticipate God still moving in this world. Jesus instructs us to stay alert and pay attention. You see, if we get blinded by our own expectations, we miss what's really happening around us. So stay alert and look for the ways God is moving in the world. They're usually subtle ways and can be missed easily. They usually don't make headlines or news reports. They're usually things that might be dismissed by the people involved. The small kindness, the small acts of love, the looking out for another person's needs, the time spent visiting and listening to someone, building relationships. sharing hope in a very dark and hopeless time. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world is lacking in hope right now. And it's really easy to get sucked into that. It's really easy to have hopelessness take hold. And it's really easy to spread hopelessness. In accepting the invitation to follow Jesus, we are also challenged to not fall into those traps. We are challenged to be people of hope, especially in the face of hopelessness. 
especially in the face of darkness. To not give in to despair. Because what Jesus started, we are invited to work in. With Jesus came the kingdom of God ushered into this world, but not in a complete way. We are invited to do that work today as the church. We are invited to do this work of changing things to what God had intended all along. To live out lives of peace and kindness and compassion and joy and love and grace and forgiveness and mercy. And to spread that to the four corners of the earth. As we begin this this Advent journey, as we begin this time of anticipation and waiting for what is to come, let us each set aside our own expectations. The things that cloud us and block our vision from seeing how God is moving and working in the world. And let us stay alert and pay attention and look for those small moments and signs like the fig tree that is budding to know that God's kingdom is near. That new life is happening. That God is still at work creating. Let us be a part of that creation. Let us be recreated new. And let us do the work of creation in this world. Amen.